At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Tonight, talking about relationships, and on this past Sunday, we talked about the relationship between God and man. And, um, you know, the, the thing that needs to be repeated in what I said in that is actually found in the verse of Scripture that we read in Romans chapter 8. And I want to look at that real quick. <clears throat> and, and Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. And he says, what, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the, hold your place right there. But we read also on Sunday, actually started the message out, with Psalm 118 and verse 6. We'll wait and go there. Psalm 118 and verse 6, and then we'll go back to Romans. Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The question is, or you could read it like this, man can do nothing to me because the Lord is on my side. Now, I'm going to get to my main point that I was just going to make out of Romans, but here's the thing. If you ask most Christians, is the Lord on your side? Oh, yes, amen. But, and I'm not saying this critically because I battled with it, I battled with it for the at least the majorly for the first half of my born-again life. I've been born again almost 45 years, and I, for the first half, I battled with fear like no other because of that I brought it into the kingdom. You don't get delivered of fear the day you get born again. The day you get born again is now you begin to have the ability to develop the tools to get rid of fear in your soul. And, man... I battled in, in, a, uh, in a deep way with different fears that came in. Well, everybody does, okay? So when you read something like that, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear, and yet you can sit there and think of maybe a half a dozen things that you're afraid of, that you're troubled about right now, Okay? The thing we have to realize is that you, you, you can't be discouraged if you hear something like that and yet you're struggling with it. You have to admit that you're struggling, but you've got to admit it to God that you're struggling with that because He will help you. He will help you. This verse we read, Deuteronomy 31.6, we read on Sunday. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. Deuteronomy was the last will and testament of Moses to the children of Israel that were going into the promised land. And, he, and the them were all the enemies. So to us today, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of the devil, his demons, or anything that he brings to your life. Watch this. For the Lord your God, and what are we talking about tonight? The relationship between God and man. God and man. 
the relationship between us. He said, be strong and of good courage. How do you get that way? From the Word that you hear preached, the Word that you confess daily, the Word you meditate and study, and the Word that you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you on a day-to-day basis, right? He said, be strong and of good courage. That's how you get there. That's a relationship with God. The relationship with, between God and man develops to, uh, a strength and a courage that the enemy cannot overcome. He said, do not fear nor be afraid of them, the enemy. For the Lord your God, He is the one that goes with you. He will not leave you, nor will He forsake you. (laughs) So, from Scriptures like this, we see God's part. We can see our part in there, mixed in there, but we see God's part. He is that He is. He cannot lie. Everything that He's promised is true. There is no issues on His end being able to get something to us. The issue is on our end in being able to step into the rest of God, learn from Him, receive from Him, and allow the promises to work to where when fear comes, no. No. But you're not going to You're not going to cast fear away from your mind. You're not going to bring thoughts captive if you've not developed a strength and a courage to be able to withstand things. Most people run from things. Most people run from confrontation. They're afraid of confrontation. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, nobody really likes confrontation, you know. If you're on the phone and some telemarketers trying to sell you something and you're frustrated with them and, you know, I've had them challenge me with certain things and I've had to challenge them back. Nobody likes to confront issues with people that really are, you know, they're overstepping their bounds. And that happens all over the, all over the place. All, it happens so much of the time in so many situations in our life where, where we have to deal with people that way. Nobody likes confrontation. But if you don't learn to confront the devil with the Word of God, listen, we're not on our own. We're not doing it in our own strength and ability. You'll fall flat on your face. We've got the one that will help us. The other verse we read was on Isaiah uh, 41.10. You may not have that up there. I may not have uh, given that to you. But Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, I'm your God. So what happens is you begin to read things like that. You begin to confess things like that. Then you begin to see them in the first person. And then you begin, in your relationship with God, you begin to hear Him say things like this, Bert, sir, don't be afraid because I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. Dismayed, when you're dismayed, you're alarmed or or caught off guard by some unexpected circumstance or situation that's trying to get the best of you. Do not be dismayed. Bert, I am your God. 
And because I'm your God and you know I am and you know the times that we spent together, I will strengthen you when you need strength. I will help you when you need help. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. In my de- the development of my relationship, when I'm developing strength and courage to handle anything that comes, that's what he's speaking to us. That relationship between God and man, remember, it has nothing to do with what God hasn't already done for us. Well, you know, God just was a day late, a dollar short. Never been. Never been, never will be. Man, when you believe that, the battle's over. I mean, there'll always be a battle, but when you believe, when you believe, He's already done everything that He'll ever do. Now it's me learning how, by faith, to receive what He's done for me and then apply it. How do you apply it? When fear comes, He said, don't be afraid. But it's not just don't be afraid. The reason you don't have to be afraid is because I'm here to strengthen you. Why? I'm your God. I am your God. Right? I'm the one that has liberated you and set you free. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. We've we've read all of these things. So we go to the New Testament in that Romans passage that I read just a few minutes ago, and he says and repeats what's been said probably, I've counted it over a hundred times in the Old Testament, those type of statements that I just read to you are in the Old Testament. Fear not. Don't be afraid. In one form or another, over a hundred times, I think I've counted, that may not be exactly right, but somewhere around there, at least that many times in the Old Testament, it says, fear not. And here he is in the New Testament. He said, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And this is what I read, and this is what needed to be repeated from Sunday. He, Father who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Can you say amen? Here's the thing that we have to remember that I mentioned on Sunday, and we have to remember this. He did not spare His own Son. He gave the best of heaven for you. So in everything that we could not do for Him, He chose us. No matter what you've ever done, it doesn't matter what you've ever done. Listen to me. This is the absolute truth. This is very simple and to the point, but this is the absolute truth. Anything that you've ever done that is not of God was done because you had little revelation or no revelation. People that kill other people on purpose, it's because they have no revelation of God. They have no understanding of God. They were created in the image of God. They're God's children. They were made by Him, but they have no revelation. 
God, before the foundation of the world, saw every human being, no matter what their outcome is, saw them and said, I choose you. I mentioned to you on Sunday, you know, how many of you in different areas of life have not been chosen? Maybe not for a job, maybe on a sports team. I mean, I can remember in elementary school, you know, you'd line everybody up and you'd pick teams. And I, I was a pretty good basketball player, so a lot of times they'd pick me to pick teams. So I was kind of the captain, you know. But in the, the, the people you had lined up, and I'm just saying it honestly, I'm not saying, you know, I, I've had to repent for things like that in the past, but you're, you're looking at the group thinking, I don't want him. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, you're thinking that, you know, and you're hoping, you know, it's going to be between him and him, and I don't want him, right? So I'll pick him, but, but only by default. I, I, I don't want him, but I, I'd rather have him than him. Well, Everybody has those kind of things in life where you don't get chosen. Everybody's had it. But listen to me. God chose every one of us. What, what does it say? It says, it says, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for every one of us. Liberated us. He chose us. He said, man. I see that Burt Wimberley. I see what he's going to do. I, I see him. I see all the screw-ups, you know, that are potential there in his life. You know, God saw all those before, beforehand because he knew what the world was like. He knew what was going to happen after the fall, but he saw that before the fall. Before the foundation of the world, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit had a board meeting and decided this is the way it was going to be. We're choosing all of them, no matter what. And it says... They already, he already made this decision to give his son. Already made it. Before you were even thought about, he chose you. That's a pretty big deal. And the more we can see ourselves, not just through what Jesus accomplished, but when we can see ourselves through what Father did in choosing us, I don't know about you, but that's done something for me. In, in the early years of my walk with God, and, and even in pastoring, the statement was always made, we've got to see ourselves through the blood of Jesus. And, and we, we, believe me, we do. That's where you need to see yourself. But there came a time when I, I, I saw something here that just began to change my perception of, I mean, the, I need to see myself through what the blood accomplished because Jesus chose in the garden when it wasn't His will, He chose Father's will to, to finish what Father chose. So we need to see that. But man, there's something about when you know you have a daddy that's chosen you. He chose me. He said I was good enough. I can't tell you, I mean, I can, I, can, I can sit here for the next 15 minutes and tell you how many negative things were spoken over my life by different people. I can, I can picture myself at my dad's golf course, sitting on a bench behind the counter, eating a big hoagie. And the guy behind the counter telling me 
I would never amount to anything. He said, are you going to keep eating those hoagies like that? You're never going to amount to anything in your life. I can still remember it to this day. But all that's been wiped out. That's not the way I see myself today. See, because I chose to believe he chose me. He said, I made you for good. Only good, right? Right? Jeremiah 29, 11. What, does he know, does he have a plan for you? And is that plan good? And does it have an expected end? Huh? It has a, an end for you to, to live the rest of your life, no matter what your age is right now, to live the rest of your life with this expectation, this strength and courage that God chose me and I can do anything I want to do that he wants me to do. You can't do anything you want to do, but you can do anything that God tells you to do. You understand, right? But because my relationship with God is developing, and, and I'm staying in that, and I'm valuing that more than anything else, the relationship with God, it's not, and it's not a relationship that is not functional. Oh, I gotta, I've got to pray more hours in a day, if that's what he says. I promise you, five minutes with God will do so much more than, than, than three or four hours with God out of obligation and not really developing relationship. Nothing wrong with spending three hours with God in the world. But we've got to realize we all live, we, we live these busy lives. We have all the things going on. God knows that. He just wants you to choose Him. Because he chose you. And when you realize he chose you, it's easy to choose him. Wow. He really loves that. He, he loves me that much. And he really will do all these things. And I really don't have to be afraid. And I really am being strengthened by him. And he really will do exactly what he told me he would do. He really will. I don't have to be afraid of anything. Not anything. Ever. We never have to be afraid ever, ever of anything. Didn't say the fear's not coming. Oh, when you say something like that out of your mouth, I mean, it'll mount up against you. But God, but the Lord. He spared not his son who, who delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Do you see, you see the connection to seeing what I'm talking about right here? We need to see how Father chose us. We need to see how Jesus chose us, not His will, but Father's will. He chose Father's will, which was us. So He chose us, right? And now when we get that and we, we get in line with that and start receiving that way, then all the things that He's freely given to us, they come. You know, God's not up there like, like, a, like a puppet master with a string, you know, and He said, no, I'm not going to give them something here. No, it's already set in motion. And you can't receive from God without developed faith. Everybody has faith. You're born again, you have faith. You've been dealt a measure of faith. But if the faith isn't being developed because you're not hearing the Word. You're not learning how to confess the Word. The confession of the Word, I, I, I have to say this, and I, and I have to, I'm always, I'm always making statements like this, but I have to say this and then clarify what I'm saying in a greater way. 
But the confession initially of the Word of God is not to change your circumstances, it's to change the way you think so that the words spoken in faith will change your circumstances. And when we get that and we learn how to pray the Word of God, as that's all being developed, it's all coming out of our relationship with God. We're not trying to get God to do something. We're learning to receive what He's already done for us. He wants to freely give you all things that He has for you. So here's my question about that. Is there anything too big, too hard, or too difficult, or too strenuous for God to do for you and I. No, there's not anything that's bigger than Him. And there's times we think that way, especially, especially when we get certain kinds of reports. Somebody gets a report of something that's terminal in their life, some type of cancer or something like that that's terminal, okay? Don't think for a second, I don't care how much word you have, don't think for a second that fear isn't going to come. And I promise you, it will be the fear of death. And the fear of death will say, you're going to die. Like, probably even louder than that. To the point that it's like you can't hear anything else. And if you know the word and you have a relationship with God and you have a daily routine with God, and you, you've been for however long been declaring what the Word says about your physical body, you have something to draw from because the Holy Spirit will come to you and the Holy Spirit. Is sickness and disease God's will? Okay, I can't find it anywhere in the Word. I've heard people preach it that way, but I can't find it. Hmm. Himself took our infirmities, carried our diseases. By His stripes, we were healed. Amen? So that's not God's will, okay? So when the attack comes, when the report comes, when the screaming from the enemy comes, didn't say he didn't come, he'll come. And if you say, that's, not, that, that's, never, happened, that's never happened to me, I've overcome every situation, you're lying. You're lying because he's good at what he does, and he is very faithful. That's right. But when he comes... And you've been developing a daily routine with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is going to remind you. What is His job? To reveal all truth to you. You, you begin to pray in other tongues. You begin to hear the voice of God. You begin many times with me. If, there's some, if something's happened in the day or something's gone on, I'll go back to certain confessions that I say every day. I'll just go back and remind myself of the Word. And when I do that, I begin to pray in other tongues, and he'll show me that's real and that isn't. Ignore that and believe this. But see, I've been, I, I, so with me, I'm not saying, I mean, there's many people, many of you do that today. You've learned how to do that. I, I'm just saying today, I know how to do that better than I've ever been able to do that. It's still a challenge at different times depending on the level of what's coming at you, but that's how the Word works. That's where we have to depend on His Word being revealed to us in the moment if we've spent the time developing that relationship with Him, hearing the Word, 
confessing the Word, meditating the Word, right? Studying the Word in that meditation, spending time in it, getting out of it what you need. I was in some meetings yesterday in San Antonio with some people, and some really good Word was, was ministered in the meetings that I was in in San Antonio. And, and I took notes. I have them actually in my, in my well, my phone and my iPad both, they're in here. And so sometime in the next few days, I'm going to go over my notes and look at the scriptures that were talked about. And, and, the whole, and when I do that, well, I, you know, I may take 15, 20 minutes and just go back over the notes that I, that I took or the scriptures I heard. Or in the, these meetings, they weren't, they weren't recorded or anything, so I can't go back and listen to it. So that's why I took notes and I wanted to remember what I needed to say. But the Holy Spirit will bring that, that to your remembrance. Because I spent time, didn't, I actually didn't even want to go, but I went and was blessed as a result of it. And, um, right? Just speaking to the choir. I mean, who, who, when you got, you had a long day or you've done all kinds of things, you got 14 other things to do, and, uh, but God said you need to go. So you go and you don't even like going and you're driving over there and wish you weren't even driving there. And the traffic in San Antonio, those Californians. Yeah! Huh? You don't even want to be over there. But I knew I was supposed to go and I got what I needed. But I got to do more with what I got. You can hear it, and if you leave it at hearing, this doesn't work. Tons of people heard the word. In one ear, out the other, done. Not going to do anything for you when the devil brings fear. So, I got to take my notes. You know, just a half, a, half a page, probably, printed page, probably about a half a page of notes that I took. But I made key notes with key scriptures. I got to go back over those. And allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what He wanted me to get when I went. I didn't go because I didn't have anything else to do. I went because He said go. So, I went. Great. But that's over with. Okay, the meeting's over with. I I don't need to go back to that. Now i got to get from that what God wanted me to get. And when you do that... You position yourself in your relationship with God to overcome anything you will ever face in life. Anything. I want to read this. These three verses and then two verses to end it. 1 Timothy 6 and 17. I didn't read this on Sunday, but I'm going to read it now. 1 Timothy 6 and 17. Command. What does that mean? Just think about it. Or give them the option. Command those who are rich in this present world or age not to be haughty or to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Trust in the living God. My my, my focus is on this and what he said happens. But in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. And if you look up the word richly there in the Greek, what it defines itself out is, is richly. Rich, 
wealth more than enough. Everything that you need. See, in the, in the world we live in, people are, are, you know, dying of heart attacks, going to the grave prematurely because they're after the mighty buck. And yet, if we trust in Him, that means relationship. That means intimacy with Him. That means a real relationship that starts with the preaching of the Word, the confession of the Word, the meditation and the study of the Word, the praying the Word, and learning to be a doer of the Word. That's the relationship. And we have the Word of God and we have the Holy Ghost to reveal that Word. I mean, it's a win-win. It's an open book test. <laughs> open book. You just got to spend time in the book. You got to do your part in the book. But he said, he gives us richly, more than enough that we need, all things that we need to enjoy, but that comes from him and it comes his way if we have that relationship, if we trust him. He said, let them, the people who are rich in this present age, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. When? Over on the other side or here? Right now. Eternal life right now. Lay hold of everything that God has for us. So I was, I was going over this and looking in different translation about where he said, command those who are rich in this present age. And that word rich there is different than the word richly. It's a, it it mean, comes from the same thing, but it a, it's a, has a little bit different twist to it. So, command those who are rich in this present age. You just think, well, you know, he's talking, to, talking about Bill Gates, or he's talking about, you know, this person or that person or the Walton family, you know, or, you know, Walmart family or the, whoever it is. He's talking about people that are really rich, you know? It's talking about what it's meaning right there is people that are satisfied. They got their ducks in a row. They got their little picket fence. Everything's good in their life and all this kind of stuff. Everything's good. They, they feel rich and their family's great. Nothing wrong with that at all. But God will give you that and then some. See, God will give you that and there's no limit to what God can give you if you don't let the natural things be the thing that control you, but you trust God. That makes sense? Because, you know, sometimes you can read that passage right there and people just turn it off. And they're thinking, well, I'm not rich. Everybody in here is really rich. Anybody that has the Word of God is rich. And you get revelation from the Word of God. One passage says, don't use the freedom that you get from God and the riches you get from God to turn it on yourself, but through love serve one another. Right? And that's what he's saying right here. It's okay to be blessed, and there's nothing wrong with the, the blessing of God and being blessed in your life and all the things that are around you, but that can't be your God. You've got to trust in Him through His Word by the person of the Holy Spirit. That's where the connection between God and man is established. What did he say? No, but let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, and, and what are you doing? The Bible says you reap what you sow. That's what he's saying right here. 
you reap what you sow. You sow to your flesh, and you're just concerned about you, then you're going to reap corruption, the Bible says. And there's a half a dozen stories in the Gospels that talk about people that just invested for themselves. But you invest in the kingdom this way that he's talking about right here. It says, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a foundation for the time to come. Here's my point tonight. There's a lot of, what's a nice way to say it? Uh, there's no children in here tonight. There's a lot of crapola that's out there in the future. Hmm? There's stuff. I mean, I mean, possibly we've not seen anything yet because the Bible says in the last days, in the last days, perilous times will come. And it says all the things that we're seeing right now in, in uh, what is that? First Timothy something. Somewhere in there, four maybe. All those things. Perilous times will come. People will be lovers of self not lovers of God, disobedient to parents. Doing, I mean, all that, that and so much more we're seeing today. So there's stuff now, but there's stuff out there because Isaiah said, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But then it says, but God. See, we don't focus on all the how bad everything is. And I promise you, you sitting in front of the news looking about how bad it is, you're not going to trust God. Turn it off. Well, there's not a knob on there anymore to turn off, but you know what I'm saying. Turn it with your clicker or whatever. Turn it off. It doesn't really matter. I mean, go have breakfast in the middle of town, some restaurant. You can find out about all the bad things that are going on. Just listen to the people talk. You don't have to sit and meditate on that stuff all the time. We've got to trust God. We have to trust God so that we're prepared for anything that comes. That's what we're doing. Lay your hand on yourself. Self, that's what we're doing. From today on, we are developing trust in God. That's what we're here for, right? We're trusting God. We're, we're laying hold of eternal life right now. Thank God for heaven. It's a real place. Thank the Lord for heaven and, it's a, it, and the beauty and the glory and all of it. But heaven came to earth to live inside of us, and it's here now, and you and I have the responsibility to take hold of it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I'll end with this. Proverbs 3 and 5. I read this on Sunday. 5 and 6. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So that means you've got to have a developed heart in your relationship with God to trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Well, I, I trusted Him the other day for something, but I, mean, I just can't overcome this. Yeah, yeah okay. So it, you admitted it. You're not overcoming, but don't stay there. Let's overcome. All right, now, uh, Laura, I'm going to ask you this question. So if you have something... I'm putting you on the spot really heavy. This, I mean, it's got to be an A answer here. <laughs> so, things are going on in your day. Something happens, and 
somebody says something or some, something, some kind of strife or something gets stirred up maybe at work or something's going on, and all of a sudden, your focus is on that situation that's happening, what do you do? I mean, what, what have you learned to do in those type of situations? Get, give her that microphone right there. Could you, can you turn that microphone up real fast? Thank you. Go ahead, say it again. Well, I usually get up, go for a walk if I can, once I can, to pray in tongues or go sit in my car if I'm at work. And I've added a confession of I am asking you for answers and I'm asking you for direction. And what and I usually he usually reminds me of what you say. Nothing is ever as it appears to be. Mm. And then he's usually reveals to me, and this isn't all real quick, not always, because yeah. the emotion's so high. Right. You have to give it depending on the situation, it can be a few minutes, it can be a few hours, it can be a few days. But eventually I'm to the place where I I know I'll get my answer, and there's usually a revelation of a fear of something that's risen up in me if I'm not able to let the situation go. Hmm. Sometimes I can quickly just, I know what it is because I've dealt with maybe the fear that used to bother me in those situations, mm -hmm. but it depends on the situation. Right. <laughs> so, so let's say you've been steadily developing your relationship, which I know you have. You, you have confessions. You've been meditating on certain things, and now you've been you've been hit, and the Lord is trying to say you, to you, be not dismayed, be not caught off guard by this. So you go and you do those things. You're, you're praying in other tongues, building yourself up in faith, trusting God in that type of situation, okay? And then if you've sensed the victory right there, then what do you do? Like from your car to go back to where that situation is, what... what what has God maybe shown you at one time or another to do in that situation? Well, if he's given me the answer, usually I'll have something that I speak against the what I feel like you see there's a spirit of infirmity. It's a spirit of strife. Whatever is coming against me, because what you say is it's always out to get, it, it's there in the situation coming against after, me to you. challenge the word that I said I believed. Yeah. So he'll, he'll, if I can hear, if I've, my emotions are calm, either I will know what to speak against. And if I do that, most of the time the peace comes immediately. So when I get back into the situation, I'm good. Or I have to be confident that he gave me the answer. And if I am not uh, maybe as confident in other situations where the peace is there, I thank him every time it comes into my mind. No, I thank you. You gave me the answer. I thank you that what you, the answer you gave me is a promise, and this truth overrides the fact of what I feel. And so you, when you went back to the situation, maybe the circumstances changed at times, but maybe, maybe it doesn't. But if the peace remains with you, yeah. you've stepped into that place of rest and trust, yeah. correct? Right. Right? And then... And then you're able to handle whatever you have to deal with because now you're operating from his strength. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, you have to develop that. 
There's times, there's times probably you've been in those type of situations where you went back in it, you felt the same way. Yeah. You went and prayed in tongues and you felt the same or way. Or I got nothing from praying in tongues because I, the fear was so loud, so loud. I hadn't developed yeah. how to get rid of that. Uh-huh. But yeah. I yeah. Mean. And so, so I'll just speak on the heels of that. Thank you for that. Good, good response. <clears throat> I'll pay you for that, that I told you I'd do it before. No, no, but, uh, but, so, okay, so, what she said is the way it works, okay? But when you're developing that, you come back, and that's not changed. You still feel the same way because the fear and the, and the emotion and the drama that you maybe were in has gotten the best of you, okay? So, in those type of situations right there, what you have to continue to do is speak what the Word says. And, and that's why if you don't write out Scriptures where you can see them, put them in your car, put them on your mirror, put them in, in your office, put them everywhere that you're going to see them, you need to be reminded constantly of those things. And I promise you, if you just stay with it, if you don't quit, you will reap the results that the promises said you will reap. You'll reap what she said will happen when you become a doer of the Word. See, being a hearer of the Word, a confessor of the Word, that's not a doer of the Word. That's preparing you to be a doer of the Word, but that's not doing the Word. Doing the Word is coming out of that stressful situation, and now God's promise is real, the peace is there. Some, and, and there's times you might think, well, I heard what she said, but I don't know that I could ever get to that place of peace. He's no respecter of person. If she could get to that place, if I can get there, if, you, if Randy can get there, if Dale can get there, you can get there. You can do it. But we've got to practice it, and we've got to stay with it and not quit. That's the relationship with God that's vital. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. One translation says, He will make your path straight. Man. Thank you, Father. Just lay your hand on yourself. Close your eyes. Just put your hand on your, on, on, on your body somewhere. Just, I want you to agree with me for you. Father, tonight, we want relationship with you more than anything. And Lord, I know sitting in this room, there's people distracted at times from relationship with you, frustrated with relationship and developing relationship, feeling like it's not changing, things aren't happening the way they want it. But I know, Lord, that you are true and that you chose each and every one of us. You chose us. In spite of us, you chose us. We're your favorites. And I thank you, Father, for continued development of relationship in each and every person through their hearing of the word, their confessing and meditating and studying and developing of that word through the person of the Holy Spirit, revealing all truth, taking the logos, turning it into the rhema in their lives. Thank you for it going deeper than what we've ever known in our lives. I'm declaring today on the eve of the first day of June, and for the world's sake, it's not the 
season's sake, but the world's sake, kind of the beginning of summertime. I'm just declaring that summer 2023 here at Gates and in Kerrville and the lives of the people connected to Gates of the City, some of the best days of summer that they've ever had in their lives. Not just in vacation time, but in their connection with you. Vacations are great, but I thank you, Father, that people take you with them when they go vacationing, when they do things and they travel. But, Father, more than anything, that their relationship goes deep, gets stronger, more sure. The trust in you, Father, that they see that it really works. There's, no, there's nothing in life that creates fear that is not already overcome because, Father, of your choice to choose us and your choice to give the best of heaven in your son Jesus and his choice, his choice to choose your will and not his. Today we purpose to look through those eyes, through that understanding like we never have before in our lives. We'll see not only ourselves, but we'll see other people through what you did to deliver all of humanity. We bless you tonight. We thank you. We give you great praise. And everybody said amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Wow. God is good. Amen. God is good. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.